Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you are considering a divorce, it is important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. We will also talk with divorce clients about what went right and what went wrong in their divorce. Divorce with Respect Week is October 30th through November 5th in California. You can talk one-on-one with divorce professionals, including divorce counselors or coaches, divorce financial specialists, and divorce attorneys. There's no charge for this opportunity. Go to divorcewithrespectweek.com to get more information and schedule an appointment with a divorce professional or click on the link in the show notes. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we are talking with Kelly Chang Rickert, a family law attorney in Pasadena, California, who is an advocate for out-of-court divorce settlements. Now here's our host, Tim Crouch, with today's podcast. We're talking today with Kelly Chang Rickert. Kelly is a family law attorney in Pasadena. Uh, Kelly, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. So, uh, Kelly, uh, one of the things on your website... uh, it really that you said that was uh, I that was really notable is that you think going to court is the worst way to get a divorce. Why? Why do you think that? Uh, well, frankly, family is different than like a car accident case, you know. So a, a lot of people think you go to court and you're going to win, but the truth is there's no winning in family law. I mean, if you're going to court to seek relief from a judge that doesn't know your family, you've already lost. You've already lost. So I just, I'm very against, you know, litigious divorces. Sometimes you have to do it. Um, but the majority of the time, I just think if both people have um, competent counsel and, you know, competent, good, moral counsel, they can move them along. Um, I think one of the biggest problems with this industry is that there's so many people that want to make money. So, you know, lawyers make money by encouraging disputes. Um, So do evaluators. So do forensic accountants. They want you to fight so you can use their services. And the more you fight, the richer they get. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, I think it conflicts with um, having, having families not being torn apart, you know? So I think divorce is hard. It's so hard. And as practitioners in the industry, we have a moral duty to not make it worse. You know, so I, I really believe that we should be solutions to a problem, not, not another problem. So how do you do that in your practice and in your cases? I think it's a balance. And so, you know, you get some clients that just need a little bit of a push. So you do have to, I've done this for 22 years. So I know how it goes in court. I know how it goes. So I think some people that trust me, you can guide them along. I mean, sometimes you have to litigate. Like if the other side is hell bent on sole custody and is filing a false restraining order against you, like you have no choice. You have to defend yourself. Um, But I would say, I guess 50, 60% of cases aren't that way. And so it's just people that are upset with each other. And so if they hire me, I'll try to get them into counseling because I don't do counseling and then work with them and tell them what the law is. You know, I I think the worst thing you can do is to say something like, I'm going to get you sole custody. I'm going to get you this. I'm going to destroy the other side. Because I think once you say that, it's it's a conflict of interest because you don't want to be destroying the other side. If you have children together, it's going to. That's the parent of the child, you know? Um, 
So that's what I do. And then for the other half that I just can't help because they are hell bent on revenge, uh, those just have to go elsewhere. And my website is very clear. This is my mission statement. If you're out seeking revenge, extracting blood, move along. That's not what I do. There's plenty of lawyers out there that will do that. So if if you don't go to court, what are people's options? What options do they have for how to resolve their divorce? Um, so there's mediation, and that's when you hire a third-party neutral to try to help you resolve the issues. Um, the parties can or don't have to be represented, but um, that's that's always a good option. And then the second option is collaborative law, which is like a healthy mix between being represented, but knowing that the attorneys are there to destroy your lives for money. So collaborative law is very, I like that a lot, but a lot of people don't know about that. So uh, what, what appeals to you about the collaborative process? So in collaborative law, the purpose is focused on settlement. Um, and the attorneys at the outset make a promise to not litigate the case And if the case goes into litigation, they promise they are not the ones to handle it. And so it's that promise that seals the mood. So you're not going to you're not going in there to fight so you can get more money. You know, my hourly rate is seven hundred dollars an hour. So it's like, obviously, if I generate a lot of fees and I generate a lot of conflict, I can make more money. But and a lot of attorneys do that. Um, So I think with collaborative law, the benefit is that you're getting the reassurance that they're not doing this for money if they drive it into conflict, it's going to go into somebody else's hands, not yours. So the name of this podcast is The Respectful Divorce. Uh, Do you see collaborative divorce as as the most respectful way for people to get divorced? Yes, I do. I think that it's, I think all divorces should be collaborative. You know, unlike other areas of law, you're dealing with family. Um, Even if you don't have children, this is somebody that you've shared the bed with. So it's, you know, it's not like it's I know movies tend to make it seem like sleeping with the enemy, strangers and just want to kill each other. But that's not life. That's not life. Real life is that you have relationships with people and no matter how angry you are because they cheated on you or well, abuse is a different thing. I think abuse, abuse is different. So I don't you know, with women that are abused, they cannot use collaborative law. They just need to cut the ties, go into a shelter, just cut the ties, just walk. Um, So I don't think collaborative law is for abusers. It just won't work. Um, But I would say most cases that I handle aren't that. So I think in general, I think collaborative law, if you're working with two reasonable people, works better than litigation. And from people we've talked to through the years, part of it is that it is a uh, probably the best process if you have children. Yes, I believe so. Uh, and 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 part of that is because it allows you sort of to to uh, prioritize the children during the collaborative divorce process. Well, I think you're going into it trying to figure out a solution instead of going into it to win. Um, so in a collaborative setting, it's usually done with meetings. So you know that already helps because with litigation, you're working with your attorney and then you serve something on the other side and then kind of like a ball going back and forth. But with collaborative law, everything is done in a meeting. So it's like a four-way meeting. Everybody is participating. It's not, you know, there's no hide the ball. Um, So I just think it's a healthier way because if you're unraveling a family, 
you should do it like a family meeting. And so I think collaborative law to me is like holding a family meeting, but also with professionals helping you. Because as a layperson, you don't know what the law is. You don't know how to deal with this. You don't know how to navigate. And it's all these unknowns that instill a lot of fear. And I think it's the fear that unscrupulous lawyers prey on because fear can easily be turned into paranoia. And that's how they make money. Um, but that being said, I think divorce is hard no matter what. So, you know, you do the best you can. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if it's collaborative to begin with, I don't need to pay $10,000. I get it. So, you know, I do think that people that are going to use the collaborative law process uh, probably fit within a certain income. So part of your practice uh, and your passion is about children. You've written a couple of children's books that deal with divorce issues, right? Yes, I have. My first one was called Two Adventures with Mom and Dad. It hit number one, new release and bestseller on Amazon almost right away. Uh, there are over 100 reviews. And then my second book is being launched November 1st. And it's a Christmas book. It's basically, so Christmas, I think, for childhood and for children, is this, it's very happy and stuff. But my heart during the holidays, especially you know when I'm a divorce lawyer, I always think about the kids. I'm like, these kids that are in new homes going back and forth, how do they feel about the first Christmas not being with both parents? So I, with that in mind, I set out to write a Christmas book. The name of my book is Hope's Broken Snow Globe. So it's about a little girl that finds the snow globe she accidentally broke last year. And shortly thereafter, her parents stopped living together. And so something in her head believes that it was her fault. And so she sets out to try to repair the snow globe so she could bring her parents back together for Christmas. And so I just think it kind of targets the kids that, you know, don't have just an intact home with, you know, there's always love, but it's in separate homes. And I think that's a concept that needs to be introduced to these children because there's always a sense of loss when your parents are being separated. And so I think my book tries to fill that loss. Who are these books for? Are they for the children or are they for the parents? <laughs> a lot of people say that. Um, I wrote them for the children, but I really want the parents to read it to the children. And in, in reading it to the children, I was hoping that when they're focusing on their kids, their hearts will melt. Do you think both parents should be present to read it to the children if possible? Not necessarily. I think it's written in a way that either party can read or if you want to, like the first book was explaining divorce to young kids. So if you guys don't know what to say or, you know, let's have a talk. Instead, you can do it together. It's called Two Adventures with Mom and Dad. And it just the word divorce is not really mentioned in the book because it's targeting kids from zero to eight. So it's very simplistic. Um, but, yeah, I think if they can read it together, that's great. But I'm not Pollyanna. And I know that that's not that. That's not how it works. <laughs> a lot of people are always like, you're always preaching peaceful divorce. and You're such a Pollyanna. And I'm like, well, I don't mean to be Pollyanna, but in a world where such darkness and demons and revenge abounds, what's wrong with shining a light sometimes? Um, I'm just trying to help. And, and, and some of that, the importance of that piece is because you're going to be parents to these children for the rest of their lives. It's, it's not as if you, you, you're never going to see that other spouse ever again. Exactly. Uh, um, because of the kinds of events that are coming up in 
in a child's life, uh, uh, graduations and weddings and grandchildren. Uh, it, you, you want to not be in a place where um, you, you can't be in the same room with your ex. That's exactly right. I mean, at the end of the day, you're on the same side. I mean, one day your child's going to get married and you're either going to be bride side or groom side. I mean, you're going to be on the same side. You're on the same team. Um, but a lot of parents, because they're hurt or they're angry. See, anger, anger is Satan's emotion. You know, anger is what kills divorce. It's it just, it's all that anger. And if there's one noun I can use to describe what I hate most about my job, it's the anger. It's the persistent anger that I'm surrounded by every day, whether it's my clients, opposing counsel, it's just seething anger. And it's just, it's hard to work like that, you know? And so selfishly, I think I do collaborative law also because I don't, after 22 years, I really don't want to be angry every day. Who does? I wrote a really good article about um, caregiver's fatigue. I think a lot of divorce attorneys suffer from that because even if you pledge, you're going to be collaborative. There's still like a lot of lawyers out there that don't pledge that, <laughs> especially with like new lawyers and not bashing new lawyers, but I think as a new lawyer myself, 22 years ago, I came out of law school, spunky and fight, fight. I'm going to get you sole custody. I'm going to, you know, but it wasn't until I did it for a while and then had my own children and was in my own marriage that I realized like, you know, marriage is hard. It's not going to be easy, um, but divorce is also hard. So it's kind of like a lot of people think divorce is the solution to your problems. It's not. I always say that you need to get into marriage counseling and as much as possible, try to save your marriage. If there's absolutely no way, then do it peacefully. But it should be your last resort, not the first. So my, my, my wife, Camille Milner, is a collaborative attorney. And oh, what wow. she what she often says is this is not just sitting around singing kumbaya. It, it, collaborative is hard work. Divorce is hard work no matter what. Uh, and so just to think that this is the easy way out would not be an accurate understanding of. There is no easy way out. Absolutely not. Because if there, if it was easy, you wouldn't be divorcing in the first place. It's not like if you were, everybody was happy, happy, joy, joy. It's always like one person doesn't want it or one, you know, even if both people want out, the finances are hard because you're going from one to two homes and you're doubling your expenses and you're dividing your estate. So you're starting with one fourth. You know, that's what a lot of people don't understand. They're like, I'm like, of course you're broke. Both of you are broke because now you have two homes and you're dividing it. So you're not just getting half, you're just getting a fourth because it's math, right? Uh, and I, I also think divorce exposes a lot of um, inadequacy. Um, so like, for example, if you did not know the money, you're the outspouse. Um, in a divorce, you're going to be, you're going to regret that. You're going to be like, I don't know where the money was. I regret not having worked, not having paid attention. Um, and so a lot of, you know, they, they're victims, right? Oh, my husband's hiding money. My wife took all the money. Um, but at the same time, I think you need to recognize that it goes both ways. So it's like there was, there might be somebody hiding money, but then there's somebody that's letting you hide money. So, you know, I always try to focus on like, let's just don't self-victimize. I know our society is all about who's the greater victim. Okay. There's always like days to try to help. And I'm very against that. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm religious. So I'm, 
you know, I'm Christian. And so I really believe that none of us deserve anything because this is just the world that we live in sucks, you know? So you just have to push past that. And so I'm very like against self-victimization. I wrote another blog post about this. I'm I'm pretty much just, I am who I am. I'm not going to tell you're going to win or anything like that. And I have had to terminate a lot of clients this year, particularly. So, you know, I just won't take it. I will refund $86,000, $100,000, 10,000. I don't care. Take it. Money is not worth the pain to me to deal with these people that just don't get it. And ultimately the goal is instead of a win-lose to try to get to a win-win, right? Yes, if possible, or at least not a destruction. My whole thing is that, you know, it's restructuring, not destruction. So it's more like bankruptcy, right? You're just trying to restructure people's finances. You're just trying to restructure a family. Don't make it worse. All right. Kelly, thank you for joining us today on the Respectful Divorce Podcast. Uh, uh, And uh, Kelly, what is your website? My website is PurposeDrivenLawyers.com. Okay. And uh, and we have we'll have that in the show notes. We'll also have uh, uh, in the show notes uh, links to Kelly's books if you'd like to buy one of her books. Um, and this reminder that October uh, 30th through November 5th is Divorce with Respect Week in California. You can get more information about signing up for a free consultation at divorcedwithrespectweek.com. Uh, and that information is also in the show notes. Once again, thanks for joining us, Kelly. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Respectful Divorce Podcast. Remember that October 30th through November 5th is Divorce with Respect Week in California. You can schedule an appointment with a divorce professional by going to www.divorcewithrespectweek.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes.